0: 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1, actually we're reading 1 through 7 today, and it says that David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba, and they summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba at your service, he replied. And the king asked, is there no one still alive? Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness to? And Ziba answered their king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Mekir, son of Emil, in Lodobar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Mephibosheth son of Amiel And when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor, and David said, Mephibosheth. At your service, he replied, Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you so much, oh God, for your presence that we have already felt in this place during this time of worship and this time of fellowship, God. Lord, your word reminds us that you sent your spirit to comfort us. Your word reminds us that you sent your spirit to also empower us today. So right now, Lord, I do pray for every person that can hear this word today, whether they are here in person or whether they are listening online today. Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, that your spirit, it touches them today, and it comforts them, and they are empowered through your Spirit through this word today, Lord. That is our prayer. Let this word fall on ears and souls that are ready to receive it today. In your name we pray, and the church said amen. Amen and amen. Just to recap some things from just these last few weeks, uh, the, the, the story started off in our first session where King David asked a very important question. Is there anyone left? He was looking for someone to show the kindness to. And as we've talked about before, notice that he did not say, is there anyone that has a degree? Is there anyone that is qualified? He just wanted to know, is there anyone that has survived? Is there anyone that has been through some things in their life? That can understand. That can understand uh, where where these people are going. Is there anyone out there that has survived some stuff? And Mephibosheth found himself as a survivor of his family. Although he was crippled, he had survived. He had made it through a war. And Mephibosheth finds himself in a place called Lodabar, a place that that was used to house the rejects of society, a place where the castaways were sent. If you were born disabled, you. were sent to this place to, to, to dwell among other people just like you. It was a place where you did not want to be. And as we talked about last week, Lodabar, breaking it down to its meaning, its original text means no pasture or no word. It was full of depression. It was full of despair. It was full of dysfunction. It was truly the last place you wanted to be. You did not want to be in this place. And although Mephibosheth was born into royalty, it was it was quite the opposite, and it really is a reminder for us today that, that, that we may be headed to greater things. God may have something destined for us that is greater from where we are now, but we will not always be in royal situations, amen? Amen. It, life, life isn't like that. You will not always be in the best of situations. But then God sends his, uh, the king sends his servant Ziba uh, and, and he brings a word to Mephibosheth who was crippled in a place called Lodabar. And Lodabar means what? A place with no word. And God sends a servant to send a word to a place with no word to interrupt the place where they was at because there is nothing that can interrupt a season. There's nothing that can, interrupt an environment like the word from the Lord. Can I get an amen this morning? There is nothing that can interrupt you like a word from God. And when he received the word, the king is looking for you. He did not look around. I love it. He didn't take a vote. He didn't ask his friends, should I stay or should I go? No, but because he has been through some stuff for so long, when he gets the word from the king, he could care less about what people think. Amen. He could care less about what they're saying. All he wanted to do is pack his bags and get out of there because the king was wanting to see him look at your neighbor this morning first off say wake up the second thing say the king is looking for you the king is looking for you. I need you to help me preach this morning. I do. I've been at a conference, now. I've been screaming and shouting all week long. And my voice, I can feel it. I need you to help me preach this morning. So can somebody just say amen to help me out? Amen. Thank you. That's good. That, that is good. So just like that, Mephibosheth went from a no word, no pasture, to Jerusalem sitting at the king's table. Just like that. All it took was a word. All it took was a word in his life. And when a word comes into a barren place, it, it, it just happens just like that. And uh, looking at the Bible, and here was Sarah in the Bible, 90 years old. She had, not, she had not had any children at this time. Can you imagine being 90 years old and birthing a child? I can't imagine it. I can't, I can't no, I can't, I can't imagine it. And right now, her womb was barren, and all of a sudden, a word came from the Lord. It came into her barren place, and just like that, she bore a child. It wasn't when they thought it was going to be. It did not look like they thought it was going to look. It it did not happen how they thought it was going to happen. It just happened when the word came into her lodabar. It just happened when that word came into the place that she had been waiting for. That's the power of the word. Can you thank God this morning for the power of the word? Can we just thank him? But it's so important to understand That if you don't watch it, your then will affect your now. Your then will affect your now. People often let their then, what happened to then in their marriage, their first marriage, what happened to them as a child, their then. So many people often let their then rob their now. Mm. they let their then rob their now a lot of people cannot function in their now because of their then it's the reason your marriages fail because of your then it's the reason why why you can't love your children the way that you need to because of because of their then it's it's why it's why many people can't hold down a job because of their then you should be giving but you're then you should be serving but you're then and every time you feel like you're making some progress every time you feel like you're advancing you're going forward it's just like the devil to whisper in your ear about your then and you lose hold of your now and slip back into your then. But you don't understand, some people say. You know, I've watched my family go through this. My grandmother, my father. I've watched generations of alcoholics. I've watched generations of people stumble and fall in Lodabars. I saw my great-grandmother and." I saw my grandmother, and I saw my. Now I'm watching my mother, and now I see that same season in my life. It's like a generational curse. It's like a generational Lodabar. But no, I, I bring good news to you today. No, it 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 was a generational curse until it ran into you. See, because you've got a word, and you've been to the table, and whenever curses run into the word, they can't stand. It was a generational curse until it ran into you. But now you've got a word inside of you. You've been to the table. And now that thing has got to stop, praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what happened then. You don't understand. It's like a generational curse and you don't understand whatever things have been. No, 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 I don't need to understand because what I, do un- what I do understand is that the God that we serve now, he is still great right now. I know your then is great, but the God we serve is great right now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was great in your past. He is great in your present and he will be great in your future. I've come to realize some things in ministry about the table that we're talking about. One thing that I have realized is that there is a lot of people that are in the home. There's a lot of people that are in the house, but still not at the table. Hmm. There's a lot of people that are in the house, but not at the table. And as I said, first service, Lord, help me with this message today. This is in a pastor appreciation message. Please forgive me. In other words, there's a lot of people in the game, but few people play it. Don't you love being next to that coach on the sideline in the stands that knows all the plays that the coach should have ran? You should not have ran that. You should have thrown that. Did you not see him? He's wide open down there. I can't believe it. So many times, there's a lot of people in the house, but there are very few at the table. There's a lot of people at the game, but few people are playing the game. See, listen, th- th- this is this is one of, the, this is one of, the, um, of the, the things that I see in people that are in the house, but not at the table. They want to see his grace and mercy, but they don't know how to extend it to others. Hmm. Mm. They love talking about grace and mercy. They love posting uh, uh, statuses about the goodness, about the mercy and grace. But they have a problem. Mm. If somebody don't help me preach today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach myself to death. Because you don't understand. There's a lot of people that love the grace and mercy, but they don't know how to extend it to other people. Mm. See, 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 because they're in the house, but they've not been to the table yet. And, and, and let's, just, let's just settle some of this business that, that I, that I kind of touched on in first service here. Let's just talk about Kanye West, shall we? <laughs> People are like, what do you think? Is he real? Is, 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 is he a real Christian now? And I, my response is this. I don't know, but guess what? It's none of my business. I don't understand. I don't understand. What can he? Say? I don't understand. But, but and then I don't understand. All of a sudden, he's up here, and now he's releasing these things. And I don't, but Why? Why would we get mad if Kanye's a Christian? Why? Because there's so many people who are in the house, but not at the table, and understand the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. I knew that wasn't going to go over well. But let's, 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 let's just go even deeper, okay? So, so just roll your jeans up another round. Okay, so here we go. A lot of Christians got excited when Kanye West backed President Trump. And now they're upset that he's a Christian. It's funny, isn't it? It's so crazy, but that's the way it all works. That's the way it all goes. I don't understand it. I can't understand it, but let me tell you something. If you don't think that God can save and transform Kanye, what are you doing in this house? Cause you better get to the table because if he can transform a Saul to a Paul, if he can take, if he can take Rahab the prostitute and turn and work her into faithful works, surely he can transform some little rapper. Surely he can transform a rapper. And why would I get upset if somebody who has billions of followers all of a sudden gets on social media and talks about the goodness of God? Praise God. That's more billions of people that follow me. I could never reach him. If, if, if he's just a Christian for a season, God use it. God use it. But there's too many people in the room but not sitting at the kingdom table. So they look at these things. They look at these things. They're in the house, but not at the table. And they are all about his grace and mercy, but don't know how to extend it to others. Mm. Let's continue. In the house, but not at the table. Many want to see his goodness. Many of the people in the room love his goodness in their life but they get jealous when other people experience the goodness of God. Hmm. I know that's none of you in this house. But how many times have we seen people pray for the goodness, and when something happens to another group of people, they get jealous over the goodness of God? Hmm. Because they are in the room but not at the table. I've realized this through planning a church, that, that, that Christians have a hard time uh, knowing what to do with other Christians' success. But they know what to do with other Christians' problems. Mm-hmm. Y'all are quiet today. Y'all are quiet today. I don't know if it's convicting or you just sleepy, but somebody better help me preach it. We don't know what to do with other people's success. But when it comes to problems, we know exactly what to do. We call it prayer request. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear? Just pray for them. And all of a sudden, here we are, we want the goodness of God. But when the goodness happens to someone who is not in our tribe, who's not in our church, we don't know how to celebrate other churches' success. We don't know how to celebrate other people's revivals. So we still hear that, that that can't be real. It ain't happening here, so it can't be there. How many times have we seen this in the kingdom? It's because there are a bunch of people in the room and they're not at the kingdom's table. Hmm. Another thing let's continue in the house, but not at the table. Those in the house see religion mm. but those at the table see the kingdom. Those who are in the house see religion, but those who have been seated at the table, they see the kingdom and and, and, and by that that means those who see religion, they know all the they know all the laws, they know all the rules. A lot of them can quote more scripture than people at the table. (laughs) Yeah. They just don't know how to use it. And here they are. They know all the laws, they know all the rules, but they don't understand the kingdom. Looking at the man that was lying, that was laying by the pool in John chapter 5. He was waiting for the angel to come and stir the water. And but but he could not get off of his mat into the pool. That was his first problem. His first problem was that he was lame and he was laying by the pool and could not get to the pool. That was his first problem. But his problems did not stop there. His second problem was that there were religious religious people in the room. Mm. He thought his biggest problem was that he was lame. No, no, no. The biggest problem is that there were religious people in the room. And when they saw Jesus do his work, it just happened to be on the Sabbath. And the religious people who were in the room, not at the table, they stepped back with their righteous robes and said, he can't be the Messiah. You don't heal people on the Sabbath. All of a sudden, they begin to gripe and complain because Jesus was moving. Yeah. I know you've never heard anybody grope or complain because Jesus was moving. That wouldn't happen in today's society. No, this is just a biblical thing, isn't it? Yeah, okay, okay just, just not at me okay so here they were and it was the Sabbath and all of a sudden these people are griping these people are complaining and then I and I, I'm sitting here thinking I'm reading this story why do you think Jesus told the man yes I've healed you but now take up your bed and walk and I've never really had this this revelation while reading this and while I'm sitting here reading this from a room perspective not from a table perspective he told him to take up his bed and walk because yes I have healed you. But you need to get your stuff and move because if you stay in this environment with religious people, you will find yourself back at the pool. Uh. Take up your bed and walk because, because, because you got to understand, he said, he said, I'm not only come to heal you, but I've come to change your environment. Hmm. I've come to change your environment because, see, if you stay here, although I've healed you, if you stay around people in this room, if you stay around the religious people who can only quote laws and have no relationship, guess what will happen? You will find yourself laying by the pool again. So get up, so take your stuff and leave. I've healed you. Now I've come to change your environment. You gotta understand something. The religious people will stagnate in an environment. They will find every fault in the room. Religious people see those people who come in and they're not dressed right. Religious people see the people who come in and, 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 and that's not your original hair color. You're dying and going to hell. You know, and you got too much, you, 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 you your, your earrings are too big, and your dress ain't long enough, and this, and they're sitting in the room, but they're not at the table. I know none of you know those people, but I know a few of those people in my life. And so many times, those people will stagnate an environment. They think they're causing a revival. No, no, no. They're actually stopping a move because they're just in the room, but they won't get to the table. And all of a sudden, here they are. See, those people in the house, they can't see Jesus or the kingdom because they are so focused on the old law. And they miss the spirituality due to the legality. Hmm. They're so caught up with the legal things that they miss a move of the Spirit. They didn't rejoice over a healing. They were so caught up with the law. And can we just talk about the law, the old law? Galatians three twenty three through 29. You don't have to turn there. Just be sure you jot that down. It says, before the coming of this faith, Before the coming of the faith in our God, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. In other words, up until the birth, it was all about the law. If you wanted to be justified, it was all about the law. If you wanted to be cleansed, get yourself a lamb, a spotless lamb, crucify it on the altar. It was all about the customs, it was all about the law. And then here comes Jesus being born, and the word says that the government shall rest upon what? his shoulders. So here, now no longer are we under that law. Now we are under a covenant with Jesus Christ. And now through him, that is how we are justified, by faith. Now, in verse 25, now that this faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian of the law. In verse 26, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for all, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Those scriptures will rock people's theology today, it will rock people's theology today. Still talking about the religious people in the room. Let's break this down. The religious starts to build walls between people that have decided to sit at the table. Religious people love to get to the table just to build some walls at the table. It just happened last week as I was talking first service. This happened last week when a very popular religious author made a horrific comment about women being in ministry. Silence. Like, what are you about to say? Crazy. He even went as far to tell the Beth Moore. Anybody ever heard of Beth Moore? He told Beth Moore, You need to stay home and not preach. This is Beth Moore now. You don't talk to Beth that way. This is the Beth Moore. He said, "He said, women have no place in ministry because he's been he's he's not been at the table of the kingdom. All he is looking is through old law. Well, let me tell you something today: the Lord cannot, the Lord will not return until women open up their mouths. It is Scripture. The word says in the last days women will be prophesying. Go ahead, clap for it. The word says." Before he comes women will be prophesying. Women will be opening their mouths. Women will be sharing the gospel. Women will be telling the truth. It's in the scripture. And by the way, according to according to the gospel of John, he says that the woman at the well becomes the first preacher as she goes back into her town and tells the people, "Come and see the Messiah." And in John chapter 4 verse 39, the word says that many Samaritans believed of her testimony. It was a woman, according to John, was the first person who was carrying the gospel to cities. Can you believe it? Can you believe he would use a woman? Yes. The word of God says, neither is, we are neither Jew nor Gentile, male or female. There are too many people in the house, but not at the table. Beth Moore, don't go home. Women, don't go home. Just come to the table. Come to the table. Come to the table. Why? Because there's room for you. The people around the outside the walls, they don't see it. But people that are seated at the table, they see that there's room for you. Come to the table. Many people worry about their position, but they forget about their posture. Many people worry about their position. Where will I be seated? How close will I be to the king? Will they see my face in the pictures? Or, uh, I should be seated close to the head of the table because, because do you know who I am? And do you know what I've done? and uh, you, you don't understand. I should be at the table. I should be up there. If you just knew all that I've done, my position would be so much better. Hmm. And so many times, there are so many people that worry about their position, but they have forgotten about their posture, their their, their posture. See, earthly tables are all about the position, but heaven's tables, they are all about the posture. And as soon as you start worrying about your position, you push your chair back a little further more from the table. See, I have found that people around the table that are worried about their position so much often make make excuses. Mm. They often make excuses. I can't serve unless I'm over the department. I know there's none of you in here. I'm I'm talking about first service people, okay? (laughs) I I can't serve unless I'm over the department. I can't serve in the parking lot because there's no stage time in the parking lot. If I don't get one solo every other week, I'm just, I I can't be on the praise team because you don't understand. See, God has anointed me to be a soloist. And if I don't get my solos, I can't, I can't be on the praise team. So while people around the table that are worried about their position, they're making excuses. The other people that are more concerned about their posture, they're busy making a difference. Hmm. Mm. They're busy making a difference. It's called presence over preference. Presence over preference. Somebody needs to get that in their spirit today. It's all about the presence over your preference because God is looking for people to be at the table who just want to be in his presence more than they want their preference. Hmm. Huh. Oh. Oh. What a simple revelation. God wants people to be in his presence more than he wants their preference. And then the scripture says that King David, talking about posture, sent for Mephibosheth, had him brought back to Lodabar because his posture, he could not walk. Someone had to pick him up. Someone had to bring him back. Have you ever needed someone to pick you up spiritually? I don't know about you but I've needed people to come beside me and help me out. It was a posture. Have you ever needed a little spiritual assistance for your life whether it's a faith lift, a doubt tuck, a spiritual Botox you just needed a little lift of something in your life. You needed somebody there to help you. We've all been in those situations See God will allow you to experience loadabars so that you can not only sympathize with others but so that also you can spot people out who are currently there Hmm. he's looking for people who can see they're in a Lodabar posture. I can see something about them. See King David he sent out his servant to pick him up because King David knew all about needing a little pick me up because in Psalm chapter 40 verse 2 he said he lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and mire he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand God not only is looking for a servant with the word but God is looking for someone that knows what it's like to be carried every once in a while Uh, he's looking for somebody that, 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 that understands the importance of posture because Mephibosheth got the word and then left for Jerusalem The word doesn't really say what happened. The word really doesn't say how he got there. Just one minute he's in Lodabar and then the next minute he's bowed down before the king talking about posture. He's down on his face before the king. It's all about posture over position. Remember, this man is crippled. Can't you just see him dragging his feet down through the banquet room? Nothing was going to be able to stop him from getting to the one that sent the word. Nothing was going to be able to stop him from getting to the one who had called him. Nothing was going to be able to stop him from getting to the place where the word was sent from. Nothing. He may have been crawling. He may have been weeping. He just wanted to get to the one who sent the word. You've got to understand this, church. God is looking for a church that just wants to get to the one who sent the word. God is looking for a church for a people that will faint not. God is looking for a group that comes through no matter what. They will get into the presence of the king. I may have to crawl to get there uh, but I can't stay where I'm at because there's so much more over there. People people may ask you, why are you come down to the altar? Why are you laying out before the Lord? Why do you get on your hands and knees? Why do you cry in the altar? I don't understand what is going on. Why are you looking like a fool crawling down through the center aisle? like you're a sinner or something. I don't understand. That's when you just say, I can't explain it. I have no deep theological response. I have no philosophical reasoning. All I know is that I got a word and the king is looking for me. The king is looking for me. The king is tired of being in the house, of you being in the house, but you not being at the table. Your posture is so much more important than your position. Oh, if we could just get that in our spirit, that our posture is so much more important than our position. And when God looks down and sees somebody crawling in the spirit, when God looks down and see somebody drawing their dis, their their disabled body along just trying to get to him that posture attracts him so much more than any lofty position position there are people trying to step into their destiny people that are trying to get to that next level i don't know about you but i want to reach the fullness of my destiny Anybody in the room? I want to know what it is. I want to live it out. I want to preach every message that I'm supposed to. I want to win every soul that I'm supposed to. I want to sing every song that I'm supposed to. I want to. I just want to continue to grow until I die in the Lord. I want my wisdom and knowledge to grow. I want my faithfulness to grow. I want everything to grow in the Lord. But let me tell you something. It's not that easy as just sitting here. The Word calls it from glory to glory to glory and between every glory there are battles there are phases there's a thing called process all wrapped up in the middle of all of this there's a thing called process and we just want to skip the process and just go from glory to glory and we want to wear our suits and we want to look dignified. We want to be like the people in, with the robes that were standing by the pool. And we want to be there. And we want to know the word of God. And we want to know the rules. And we want to look the part. But let me tell you something. God gave me a word today while preparing this message. And he just wanted me to tell you that you're so busy trying to get to your next level of your destiny. But you can't get to your next level of destiny while you're hanging on to your dignity. Mm. Dignity. You can't get to your destiny while hanging on to your dignity because sometimes you just got to let your hair down. Sometimes you just got to kick your shoes off. Moses is out in the field. Other shepherds are out there looking at him and can you imagine what they thought when he lost his dignity? and bent down and started talking to a bush that was on fire he lost his dignity But as soon as he lost his dignity a word came forth that changed his life Take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground and it catapulted his career It moved him from the field to the palace. It moved him. It transitioned him all Why because he wasn't afraid to look undignified if I've got to talk to a burning bush on the side of Broad Street God give me a burning bush. Whatever it takes for your will God. I'll do it I don't care what they say They'll never understand it anyway. But God, I don't care. All I want to do is just be where you want me to be. And if I've got to bend over and talk to some stupid bush, I will talk to a bush. If I've got to take my shoes off in the middle of a desert and cut a rug in the sand, I will do it just for you. Why? Because I am willing to risk my, my, my dignity all for my destiny everybody else in the room may think i'm a lunatic everybody else may call me a jesus freak that's okay i'm okay with that but somebody just needs to let their hair down today somebody needs to slip their shoes off somebody needs to experience some good old ugly worship Mm. ugly worship where you cry Nose is running, your mascara is running, your blouse is all wrinkled up, your cardigan is slipping off, you got to loosen your tie. Why? Because I just want to be the presence of the Lord. And sometimes you just got to get down on your face even in front of people, because your posture is about to get the attention of the King. Your posture, your willingness just to lay it all down, See, some of you can't get a victory band. Come and help me out. See, some of you can't get victory because you have put so much stock in your earthly things, in your earthly garments. You've got to have on a certain jean. Your boots have got to be a certain way. And everything, your hair and your nails and your car, and that's what you've put all of your hope in. But now God is saying, you've got to release some of those things because those things are temporary. Those things have no power. Those things can not break bondages. Those things cannot loosen uh, those things cannot loosen addictions from your life. No, no, no. See, see, you've put all of your stock in a position. God is ready for you to get to a posture Mm. where it's just you and Him. There may be hundreds of people watching, but it's just like it's just you and Him. I don't care what they say. I don't care what I look like. I've just gotta get to the king. And sometimes you gotta crawl there. Sometimes you gotta crawl to the king. Sometimes you just gotta crawl to the king. Because sometimes your dignity Is keeping you from your destiny. And if you can't let go of your dignity, you may never get to that next level of your destiny. You'll never get from glory to glory to glory while you're standing up boasting about how great yourself is. No, no, no. you got to understand, God is calling a people to a posture. God is calling a people to release their position for a posture because you can't get to destiny while you're hanging on to your dignity. Can somebody help me preach this today? You've been hanging on to dignity. God is ready. God is ready for you to get to destiny. But you've got to shed off something in your spirit today. Stand up with me in this house today.